0: He's just biting me.
1: <laughs> Good evening and welcome to a special Tiny Plastic People podcast, the podcast of tinyplasticpeople.com. Joining me tonight is Rich. Hello, it's me. And I'm Drew. Um, I thought we'd uh, have a quick get-together and... Uh, Rich can give us his uh, his hottest takes or maybe rapidly cooling takes on salute <laughs> 50 was it 50 years of salute this? it was 50 yeah that seems like oh, a long time for a uh, and anything to be running. So salute is am I right in saying it's the biggest wargaming convention in the UK?
0: I think absolutely in the UK yeah I think possibly in Europe as well.
1: Okay, um, so it is bigger than I realised then. It is it's, it's
0: a, it is currently at the Excel Centre in uh, London, which is a big exhibition centre. And I think including their sort of queuing space, it takes up like three of the big halls there. So
1: Yeah, I was about to ask whether it compares to like a Warhammer Fest or how it compares to a Warhammer Fest, but Warhammer Fest is one big hall and a kind of smaller spaces around it so yeah okay it is significantly bigger
0: i'd say if you remember the warhammer fest from the rico a couple of years ago then um the hall of salute with traders and games in i reckon is probably as big as the main hall from that warhammer fest if not bigger Mm -hmm. it's a few years now since we went to that but
1: yeah yeah, I mean it is only a single day event, which I suppose limits it in. You know that's what a lot of the US cons are, but in general, with all conventions, the US seems to do a much better job than we do in the UK for for whatever the subject matter is. So,
0: yeah, salute is strange in some ways compared to both like the USA style cons and the like other smaller war game shows like. Uh, warfare, for example, in the UK, uh, in that it has all the traders and it has the big demo games, but it issues the um, bring and buy aspect that is very common in UK wargaming shows. You know, like bring your old seven millimeter prehistoric ancients and try and sell them for 30 quid to someone. Yes, yeah. Uh, and it also completely. Removes like any gaming tournaments that other events sometimes have. So, like Warfare, also a one day show down in Berkshire, normally Um, that has normally lots of tournaments happening on the day, as well as the kind of demo game setup.
1: Right, yes. And obviously,
0: the big USA cons like Adepticon and stuff have um, maybe not as many traders as Salute, but they're centred around like lots of multi-day tournaments
1: yeah I imagine Adepticon probably has a ridiculous number of traders in fact I mean my con experience in the states is only um, non wargaming cons and they are (laughs) uh, I mean huge so but yeah uh, yeah. I mean it's all a point of scale as well isn't it you've got people coming from all over so but Yeah. uh, yeah so am I you know I suppose I will. I, I am the the ignorant audience surrogate here because I am totally ignorant of Salute. Am I right in saying that it is, if not predominantly, totally a historical wargaming show?
0: Yeah, predominantly, not not totally. Um, I would say it is very focused around small, for the most part, smaller companies. So you, you'll get some sort of sci-fi, some grimdark, some fantasy stuff. Um, but then, you know, Games Workshop don't have a presence there. Yeah. Uh, a couple of big traders like Element Games and Wayland Games had like big stands there. So you could buy Warhammer there and some mm-hmm. other smaller stores as well. Um, but yeah, it's very, very historical focused. And, you know, these events throughout the year are how uh, these small sort of one or two people in a shared company's making very specific minis kind of make a huge proportion of their income. I think.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. And I suppose yeah, if you know it's coming up and you're saving your pennies for it, and
0: uh, I mean, I'm assuming yeah.
1: sort of Warlord and the like are the biggest presence. Then are they or?
0: Yeah. So Warlord were there. Uh, Battlefront, I don't think were. Who do Flames of War and Team Yankee didn't mm-hmm. see them, but yeah, uh, Warlord were there. From a historicals point of view, uh, and then sort of smaller but still very well known, like people like the Perry brothers, and um, from a rules point of view, two Fat Lardies, I guess, are sort of a pretty big name in rules, but still yeah. fundamentally like two guys writing rules in their dining room or whatever.
1: Uh, so. yes, I think plus a little bit more, but yeah, they're certainly not a. Yeah, they're not to the same level of of, of I professionalism. Sounds wrong. Commitment yeah. to the piece as uh, you know, the sort of Warlord or, or someone is no. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they're not they're not multi-layer companies doing design, research, and manufacture. Certainly, like, yes, there's not a yeah. lot of those in the wargaming space. And um, uh, yeah, I guess Warlord are probably the biggest one there at
1: Sloop yeah i mean warlord certainly seem to i don't know uh, everywhere i've been you know at the board game or war game in the uk warlord have always been i suppose yeah like you say the biggest there maybe not for floor space because if you're making some of the terrain builders seem to by nature occupy quite a lot of space so uh, <laughs> uh, yeah yes. racks
0: and racks of pre-made trees yes
1: yeah and sort of uh Plastic hills. Plastic hills take up a lot of space. So uh, yeah, cool. So I'm trying to think what the best way of going through this would be. I mean, what? How did you structure your day? I suppose, and then we can go on to what your sort of highlights were. Maybe so. Save your best points for for a a hot top ten or top okay but yeah in a general format how how did the day shake out for you
0: so i went with um a few other people from our uh little online community so uh, a couple of them based in london and then i traveled down from the midlands and one other traveled from sort of brighton kind of area so we just met at the excel um so we went in about eleven thirty. So, just restrictions of travel couldn't get there any earlier. But I think it opens from nine or ten, ten I think maybe. Um, the first, I think four thousand people through the door got a goodie bag, which included a custom miniature. Like a lot of these shows have a unique miniature every year that they give out.
1: Right. Okay, on the yeah. door.
0: Um. We going in at 11.30, did not get any of those, so <laughs> that is an implication of uh, its popularity.
1: Yeah, definitely 4,000 people ahead of you in the queue,
0: exactly. Yeah, so by the time we went in, there was no queue, which was nice, but um, yeah, and then sort of from the entrance, we literally like wended our way through half the hall, mm-hmm. took a break for lunch back out in the concourse, came back in, and did the other half of the hall. So, um, and that took up from, yeah, 11.30 till uh, half three-ish, probably, so like four hours. We didn't really stop and take part in any participation games or anything, so, um, yeah, we 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 kind of looked at everything. We didn't stop for a long time in many places, so, you know, you can get through it in the day, but, um... Yeah, it's a lot of time on your feet. I had sore feet at the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's really nicely laid out, though. Um, So it's all laid out into um, aisles, but you'll have kind of like an aisle of uh, traders kind of back-to-back, and then... um, sort of then you'll have a row of gaming tables and then you'll have another okay, yeah. sort of row of traders back to back so you can kind of like wind up an alley looking at traders on one side and participation games on the other and yeah. where companies like warlord was doing participation games and demo games of its new epic pike and shot uh sort of small scale oh. english civil war yes you yeah, no,
1: i've uh i've been tempted by that i didn't know it was out yet yeah. but uh yeah i
0: think it's just out um so they had a big demo table for that and it meant that they could have that table sort of geographically very near their stand mm-hmm. rather than rather than it being off in a separate hall with all the gaming tables for example
1: yes it makes for a better kind of mix as well you know a lot of trader places i've been to you could kind have of get into the trading hall and then you just look at it and you're like no I'm not going in there it's just like rammed <laughs> with slow moving you know
0: yeah g-gangles. for the most part it was really well spaced out as well so very rarely did we find ourselves sort of stuck in a traffic jam other than occasionally if we were trying to look at a popular stall mm-hmm. so yeah it was really nicely spaced I've I've never been to before so I don't know if that is a post-covid spacing out or if it's always been like this Yeah. Um, in the the program they gave out there was some really good um like articles on the history of salute mm-hmm. if it's 50 50 instances and sort of like i think the first time it was in like a pub <laughs> then the various places it's been since and how it's expanded yeah uh, it's really interesting
1: just as an aside um so that was one of the questions I was going to ask, actually. But you you have answered that there was a particip, participation games, and was that a sort of decent number there then, or was it were they the rare? I mean, this is the thing I'm trying to envisage the hall and, and what's filling the space up. So obviously traders are X percentage. Yeah.
0: So the whole hall was laid out like that, and all of the barring maybe like one or two spaces, like all of the space was full. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there were a good number of uh, things. Like, say there were probably roughly like 100 traders and 50 gaming tables, i say, something like that. But a goodly number, the full, then. yeah. Yeah, the full lists are online of who was there and what's there. Um, yeah, I, and I say participation games. Like, some of them were demos and take part things. Some of them were like participation things for systems that clubs had dreamt of themselves.
1: Okay, yes. Yeah. Some
0: of them were uh, the things you always get in these shows where it's like spectacle games where maybe someone might have laid out uh, like Battle of Agincourt or uh, an Allied offensive on a particular German-held town in World War II France or yeah. something like that. And it will be laid out and then you sort of walk past it a couple of times in the day, and you kind of never see anyone measuring anyone anything with a tape measure or rolling a dice. <laughs> like it's kind of just <laughs> like almost like a big diorama. So uh yeah, people aren't necessarily there to play like a game. Like yeah. I expect these are the kind of games that people play on their club nights occasionally organised to have this big campaign game. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily trying to achieve the same thing in that day at salute but they are showing off their capabilities and nice board and terrain they've made and the nice
1: models so yes yeah that makes sense it's certainly and some people
0: absolutely are actually playing the games as well Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah that's what i'd wondered because i i have very limited wargaming show experience but certainly the I was going to say one singular. I think it is probably no, no. I've, uh, yeah, one, one, one singular. Let's say, I've been to. <laughs> if if I wasn't doing participation games, I would probably have finished very quickly going round. But it sounds like you made a, a full day of it. So perhaps yeah, on on yeah. that note, move on then to what would be your top insert number here things that you saw or did. Oh. It's actually really, really difficult.
0: Uh, Although I've never been to Salute before, I have been to, uh, aforementioned, Warfare a couple of times. And, like Drew, I know you've been to... uh, We talked on the pod about your visit to Vapartnak in York as well. Braver
1: than me by saying it. I just call it the York War Games show.
0: Who knows if I got it right? (laughs) Um, So there are... There's some like highlights I always looked forward to in terms of like traders I know will probably be there mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So uh, like one that always jumps out is bad squiddo games, uh, Annie Norman's company making cute scenics and realistic female miniatures for a variety of uh, different yes. eras and that stand looked super popular. Um, we fought our way in and bought some stuff, but it's always really nice to see it doing booming business. Um, because mm-hmm. Annie is pretty upfront sometimes on Twitter when the or on the Sunday morning coffee streams that she does about when business is not going so well or like and how important these shows are to the business, which mm-hmm. is effectively just her plus some contracted sculptors and stuff. Um, and designers like so yeah it's really nice to see that store and like be able to grab stuff in person and see it really busy um so that yes, one's that one's yeah. always a highlight there's a few other companies sort of like that like war bases are often at these shows who make various mdf scenics and also mdf bases so i always like seeing them uh, just to stock up on MDF bases.
1: I <laughs> uh, could have asked. I, I was ordering from War Bases on Saturday, and I was like, I bet they're a bloody uh, yeah. they're a thingy. Salute. It's just
0: very pleasing uh, to need a load of 25mm bases and to be able to buy a bag of them for like £1.20 yeah. in person.
1: I bought, I think, two or three bags at the York show, and I've used them yeah. since February, so I've based on yeah. a lot of... Romans and Carthaginians at the moment <laughs> and I need more but uh...
0: yeah um otherwise what else is good sort of in the same vein um there are lots of stalls there actually selling like perry stuff but um like it's nice to be able to buy uh, the kits like again directly from the company yeah at a little bit of a show discount but obviously, you know, and also not paying postage and just kind of having their full range of plastic boxes in front of you to rubbish pick up it. and flip yeah. over, look at the packaging and stuff. Uh, so that was good. I'm trying to think, like, in terms of top things I saw, saw, um, warp miniatures were there um, who were run by, like, a friend of a friend, um, but I don't think I've seen them at an event before. And they they were make
1: at the York thing, but I only found that there out secondhand because I didn't see them there. So,
0: so they make minis for a game called Arc World uh, and lots of them are like super cute, slightly sort of grim's fairy tales kind of vibe to some of it, I guess. Sort of like cute but a bit, kind, picture, of a kind of dark fantasy pitch,
1: picture book look, maybe is what yeah. I call them. They're sort of...
0: So I've got something on my. Desk here, so I've been printing some of their STLs actually and painting them. So I've got like a horrible fish man and some little I swarms have of.
1: Have an STL for that horrible fish man, and I haven't printed it yet. So
0: it's a cool model. Um, <laughs> I think he's called the Dark King or something. <laughs> anyway, fish man. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were there with like all their minis in person and all of the the person who designs and runs the company. I think the company again, with some sort of help from others occasionally, is basically one person doing all of the sculpting and then their dad doing all of the casting. Right. And oh yeah, they, they do pers- cast
1: as well, don't they? Yes. Yeah, the yeah.
0: person who does the sculpting also like paints all of the models beautifully for the store. Mm-hmm. So it's not just one of these places where it's photos of like, some metal in a plastic bag. <laughs> like, yep. all of their models and their box art and stuff have really nicely painted models. So, and they had basically that entire range of, um like, Ar- masters stuff, on display yeah. there. So, and all the ranges you could buy. So I didn't actually end up picking anything up, but it was really nice to see if it, some of it in person. And I mm-hmm. think I will order some. Um so yeah, really liked seeing that. I hope they do well. Um, what else was there that
1: I liked? You uh... said you didn't play any games, but did you see did you look at any games that looked interesting? Anything that's potentially a purchase in future or So yeah, the
0: Pike and Shot Epic Battles, I think that box is called Push of Pike mm-hmm. from Warlord. Is really really tempting me. I got a sprue of guys on the front of a magazine, fairly. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: All I, games get, I get the
1: digital version, so I just look at that and think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I, think it, it's purely FOMO at that point because like four guys in a row <laughs> isn't very much for. A, <laughs> for a and they, yeah, games, given so. that the starter box
0: is like thirteen hundred guys. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um But those models are really cute. um the game looks really nice all set out and i've got a bit of a bee in my bonnet about like uh english civil war at the moment so
1: yeah i quite um, quite like it. it's one of those conflicts that i feel i, I get on with quite well because they both sides are kind of awful without being super awful if that makes sense
0: yeah i mean there was there's lots of like religious turmoil and persecution mixed up in it a bit, but yes, it's
1: just but it's not, yeah,
0: it's not like the even the amount of head scratching some people do about like World War II wargaming. I don't think there's anything like that about doing the English Civil War,
1: yes, yeah.
0: Um, the other thing, the other thing that I watched a bit of was uh, War Games Illustrated have published or helped to publish. Um, Andy Callan's game. Never mind Bill Hooks Deluxe. Ah, uh,
1: yes, Bill Hooks. Yes, yeah.
0: And they had a fantastic table set up as a demo game, mm. um, like using some of the like ancient scenery that they've been using in battle photos and stuff for years. I think some of it was like built by the magazine's founder like a beautiful old European medieval castle and stuff. So they, it was on a big, I think, like 6x10 board or something. Mm-hmm. Six by eight or 6x8 or 4x8 or something. It was on a huge board anyway, and they were doing like little demos. That's a game I'm, well, I say probably. I am, who knows if I'll play it, but I have bought some boxes of billmen and archers and men-at-arms from Perry, and some bases, and I'm definitely going to paint some models for it. and I bought the rule book as well. I was just about so. to ask
1: what scale that was in. So Perry's twenty eight, isn't it? So yeah, it is. Uh, um, my, they're my, they're my quite not... small,
0: twenty eights, but
1: a uh, sort of, yeah proper 28s rather than chunky, great big twenty eight. That
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, it's right. um, I,
1: I could be t- sold on that certainly. So I mean,
0: they say sort of like eighty to a hundred figures a side for like a full size game which is £60 worth of Perry boxes, something mm. like that. So it's yeah. even though it's a lot of models to paint, it's the classic thing of like you spend a bit of extra time on your front rank and then you like slop them up no, for no, the rest of them. No, and...
1: it's every single <laughs> bit of heraldry. Are you going for um, War of the Roses then? Yeah,
0: so yeah. it works across several European theatres in that sort of, second half of the 15th century kind of era But I am going to do. I think I'm going to do War of the Roses. And I think I will probably, rather than just making a big army, I will probably make two smaller armies. So I have some Yorkists and some Lancastrians. Yeah. Because then I can make people play it with me. Whereas the odds of being able to turn up for like a pickup game of it are...
1: Probably fairly low. This is internally um, my problem with any historical is that no one I know plays anything. So
0: yeah, I know Bristol Independent Gaming, big, has like quite a big Bill Hook scene because I think Andy Callan lives around there, so yeah. they have tournaments and stuff for it. But
1: Thingy had a big meetup for it as well. Um, somewhere I've certainly been, which is uh what's the one in Derby called? Boards, oh, and boards and swords. Oh, boards and and swords. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. They this they like certainly last couple of weeks they had a big bill hook. Oh, nice okay. thing. Um,
0: Seems like a really good system. It's fairly simple. It tries to channel some of the joy of rolling quite a lot of dice mm-hmm. without being needlessly complicated. Yeah. Um, archers yeah, I... run out of ammo, which is interesting. I think... Yeah. So.
1: I certainly need to. I need to give it a look. I think. Um, Was it in War Games Illustrated recently? A battle report for it. Uh, The last couple of issues, had a lot of Bill Hooks coverage. But uh...
0: well, yeah, they're they're helping publish the book. I think the rules initially came out as like an attached thing with War Games Illustrated, and then it's since become a big bound book. Mm -hmm. But it's still sort of sold through them. So, um. Yeah, it's um, it's very cool. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to painting some stuff for it anyway. See, so, yeah, I so it was really good to see like a big army in person. Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. It was good. Oh, I'll have to. I'll have, to have a look at that because I'm certainly tempted. Um, the only thing put me off would be twenty-eight mil because that oh, makes that paints are paint very, very slowly. So uh, uh, Yeah.
0: You can paint an army of that in like ten or fifteen mil very quickly and then at twenty eight mil it's quite painful, right? But
1: yeah, you can't do heraldry at fifteen mil. That makes life, you know, considerably easier. Yeah. I know there was well, uh... sorry, you
0: No no, go on, go on.
1: I was gonna say, um I know there was uh some talks at Salute. Did you see any of those? By the sounds of it, you didn't. Um...
0: No, we didn't sort of take the chance to sit down. But I did think it was interesting that they were setting up some panels for, like, uh, women in wargaming and hobby heroes. With like, um, Duncan Rhodes was there. And mm-hmm. I think Pete, Chris Peach might have been on that panel as well. Um Yeah, so it's interesting to see that they were running some of those because I don't know if that's something they've done a lot of in the past. Um, I will note that um, there was some stuff going around the internet yesterday of, uh, you know, they did this women in wargaming panel, but also multiple women apparently when submitting their entries to the painting competition got incredibly patronized. (laughs) And in one case, when receiving them back, a guy like refused to give them their commended entry card because he wouldn't believe that they had done it. Oh, so,
1: I mean, that's that sounds excellent. This is why I stay on yeah, the internet so I can remain much that. Does or
0: sound like some incredibly backwards sexism from a person working on the pain competition yeah. stand, not like necessarily ingrained in the structure of salute, but you know, I saw that. I feel like we're talking about that panel existing
1: it's worth you, calling that you feel that like if you're a volunteer at a convention there should be a some level of staff briefing which is <laughs> please don't be sexist I, I mean just, there's, there's, there's sexist the there's, really. there's like a yeah there's like a not giving someone their models back is an impressive level I mean I, I'd only hear well I
0: think I think he brought the model back without the award
1: oh the award like, sorry yes but, no sorry yeah, yes not giving so. the award because I didn't believe in them. I mean, that's, yeah, impressive. Impressive level of asshattery there. Um, that's my hot take based on that.
0: Yeah, I, I'm shaking my head in disbelief, but, you know, it's perhaps not that surprising really. But anyway, I don't want to focus on the negative, but...
1: Oh, we've had to move on know. to the top... The top ten bad things from Salute.
0: <laughs> top ten worst things about Salute. If nothing else, that's what we we number need, we, six. We
1: need the <laughs> stinger for the pod title to be like: I went to Salute and I was dot dot dot.
0: I went to Salute and all I got was this lousy bill from my credit card company.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean we're moving on to rating the food situation next as well. So yeah, you know, the other popular popular thing to go after.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, the nice thing about. XL is XL is basically a very, very, very long corridor with, like, oh, I don't know, six or seven halls off of each side of it. Yeah. And then, like, interspersed throughout, there's loads of cafes and restaurants and, uh, like, various different takeaway food options. And the nice thing is, if you're willing to just, like, walk for three or four minutes to an end where, like, the halls are closed... yeah then you like don't need to worry about it like it's it's chill and
1: there's hardly any queue so right yes yeah that makes uh makes sense um i i mean i'm almost certainly not going to go to salute because it's a million miles away from where i exist yeah it's like 300 miles from you so. yes And i could get a very expensive train i suppose but then it's still in london and i don't know how to find my way around london anyway um so <laughs> on, on the theory that I, I was going to go to salute um and, and you know maybe our listeners will what advice would you give to someone going to salute and and i'm aware that you went with people which always makes everything easier because you can just entertain yourselves at the worst you know if you've got friends there but yeah yeah what would you go on your own Uh, would you go again and also yeah what advice would you give to someone who was thinking about going to salute or a similar show
0: I'd definitely go again Uh, I mean it was £12 to get in which is pretty pretty reasonable most of these other shows will probably be like 5 to 10 so the fact that the big one in London is only 12 is quite nice Uh, obviously there's cost involved in getting there but that's true of going anywhere Um, in terms of other advice I think I would go by myself personally but I'm like someone who's quite happy just wandering around and looking at stuff by myself and chatting to people yeah um, going with people was good. That we said when we came through the door, we were like, "We're going to stick together." But basically, if anyone wants to look at anything, then we're, we'll just stop. Like we'll all look at it, kind of thing. Not necessarily mm-hmm. like we'll all pretend to be super interested, but um, there was no like assumption that we were just, you know, walking a set route and then. Would occasionally have to go like, oh, could we stop, please? It was just like, well, meander. So if you're clearly interested in something, just go look at it, and it's on everyone else to realize, and not wander off without you.
1: Yes, yeah. Um,
0: I think that worked really well as a good way of doing it. I'd say if you could give it the whole day, so I think the whole day is like ten till five. Just so you could maybe take part in a game. Or a bit of a couple of games is more likely, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Or maybe like watch one of the talks without feeling like you're pressed for time. That's good. Um, the halls are air conditioned, but even in April, I found it really muggy and like hot inside. So just take water and like a snack or two. <laughs> yeah. Um, and don't don't wear a million layers. Um, take couple of bags with you i took a backpack and then i took another bag inside it like a tote bag so yes, that yeah didn't have to accept loads of carrier bags from people um and yeah like it just made it a bit easier for sort of organizing everything but, but I, I truly honestly like i think the most important thing is just like engage willingly with it so like If you stop and look at a table and then someone who is running that table, be it a table of products or a table like a game, engages you, like just be earnest and excited about what they want to talk to you about. And, you know, (laughs) you might go like, I'm sorry, I'm not particularly interested in the Macedonian Wars, but they might still have something interesting to tell you. Uh, Yes, yeah. Like, uh-huh. You're not obliged to give everyone half an hour of your time, but like it's fun it's interesting to see these niche smaller products and actually like spend some time learning about them. Don't go just to go to the Wayland Games and Element Games stores. Mm-hmm. Like it's great if you also happen to want to grab something from one of those, sure. But yeah. like you you're spending more on getting in than you spend on the postage from ordering from both of those websites. So
1: Yes, that's true yeah i suppose the thing i'd like to i don't know not, not discuss uh but you know it's like there, there was obviously an idea it, it's only in my head and i imagine in a lot of people's heads, that there is this kind of uh historicals wargamer who is this <laughs> retired man in an anorak and you know the, the further way you, you you move from that the the, the you know the less I don't want to say less welcome you are, but the, maybe the more concerns you might have. Um, mm, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some stigma. Yes, but you know, and obviously, if there are stories going around the internet which are saying, "Oh, there was this bad experience I had," I mean, it would be good to see if salute as a body addresses that. But it does sound like that isn't the the. You know the the rule, as it were. It's the exception rather than the rule for people there, and that you can go as a a non retired man. <laughs>
0: well, I was there. I'm not retired. I am almost every other stereotype. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I people's individual experiences are their experiences and their valid and should be addressed and taken seriously but I do think broadly historical gaming is much more welcoming than it appears from the outside um, I mean like Goonhammer put up a piece this week as of recording about sort of pretty firmly setting out their stalls, they've got some really passionate historical war gamers on staff yeah, I'm staff in verticomas. What, uh,
1: what caused that piece, yes. The yeah, going back to War Games the... Illustrated. <laughs> that was yeah. a
0: response to John Stallard saying something very backwards in a War Games Illustrated interview. Not only backwards, but kind of nonsensical. It was complaining about woke culture and then his description of woke culture was journalists. So famously I woke. Mean, yeah, the famously woke British media. <laughs> yes. Um, So, we don't I mean, need to get into all that, but...
1: There is one like, thing I would, would like to say with that there, though, which is that was wasn't covered by the Goonhammer article, was that Rick Priestley was also saying things in that interview that were basically wrong, which oh. was...
0: I've even seen girls war gaming recently. You
1: wouldn't have seen that, that ten, twenty years ago, which is Yeah. Well, is one is nonsense because I, you know, in the nineties were playing games with, with women and you know, okay, they weren't the majority, and they you know, there are probably fewer of them than there were now. But, you know, that wasn't even the nineties, nineties is thirty years ago. It's like, you know, you're talking here about yeah. ten, twenty years ago and you're like, well, no. And and particularly when it's Rick who has being unfriendly to including women in the community it, it yeah it's is a, a strange one a weird no, way I to cut with that uh, particular cake yeah um but yes i yeah. think it's important is that we do yeah these spaces obviously should be seeing more diversity i mean like i said the, at the york war game show i felt like i was adding diversity which isn't a good sign
0: <laughs> <laughs> i would have said actually this, the crowd at salute was Pretty diverse from a gender perspective, I would have said. It was still pretty white. <laughs> but, um, yes, yeah. I, there were um lots of them presenting people there. So that's good. I mean, the classic Wargamer joke would be to go like, oh, dragging your partner to salute for a day out. But there were lots of people who seemed to be engaging earnestly in things and enjoying it for themselves. So, yes, yeah. Um, like, yeah, like, Wargaming, in all its is a lot of things that couples do together and enjoy together, or, you know, like, anyone enjoys, regardless of gender or anything else. So it is open. I think that, just like going back to that Wargames illustrate interview, they said themselves at the start of that interview, interview. It was basically, they got those four people. Um, it was Rick Priestley, John Stallard, Andy Callan, previously mentioned, and is it Pete Brown, I want to say? Who's a big War Games Illustrated contributor? Yeah. And they basically took the four of them to the pub and plied them with beer and got them to talk to each other and wrote down what they said. So, no one was asking particularly incisive questions. The wargames illustrated person was occasionally like giving prompts um and it's perhaps then not surprising that those people settle into those trends
1: of the um, kind of, uh, wargamer again because i mean yeah. they, they certainly all were of a type is the
0: yeah and i think the danger is more that the established historicals wargamers sort of perpetuate an incorrect stereotype of themselves by going like, oh yeah, it's all old white guys, kind of like, and that's fine, or, or you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not, and like it seems like the club you're part of has been trying to do some stuff to promote diversity, really, recently, and um because yeah, we've chatted about that a little bit, and or at least expressed an interest in doing so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's um, it's interesting because I I have been to an event recently. And I will not name names because there's no; it doesn't benefit anyone to do so. But I went to an event recently that was very much the other end of the scale.
0: Mm, yeah. So,
1: and there was conversations that I wasn't part of, but things you half hear, and you're like, "Oh, oh I see. Mm. <laughs> That's a apropos of nothing yeah. conversation you guys are having." So, <laughs> yeah, it, it is obviously a problem still, and you know, it, these people are obviously. Uh, like I say, I, I am not on the internet, so I don't know what's being talked about. But yeah. you know, th- these are obviously fairly, to my mind, serious things that should be resolved by a, a body organising whatever these events are and things. So
0: yes, I like. I hope so. I hope that South London Warlords pass comment on it. It wouldn't surprise me if they don't, but I'll I'll hold out hope. They don't seem like an organisation that does a huge amount of social media at all Mm -hmm. so you know maybe they'll maybe even if they're they are internally disappointed to hear it there nothing will come of it who knows but yeah i mean um, even
1: if you're looking at it in a very mercenary way that it's like at the end of the day you're running a show you want foot, you know you want bums on seats you want people coming in the door to buy from your traders and if you're excluding half the population
0: well yeah exactly um I mean, there's wrong in all walks of life. I would say, broadly, the show itself, I wouldn't feel worried going in. And again, I say this as someone who, in almost all regards, is not a minority. (laughs) So it's easy for me to say, oh, yeah, it's really safe and welcoming. It did genuinely seem like there was a good mix of people there and that people on stalls, etc., were and games were engaging earnestly with people yes. as historical gamers or potentially historical gamers
1: i think that's the most meaningful thing that we can say as people who can't have that kind of experience is that you know it's not saying that oh it felt safe to me because that's meaningless not meaningless but yeah you know what i mean it, also, it, it's as close as <laughs> it's as close as meaningless yeah um but you being able to say that empirically there's sort of mix of of people there with a good you know a good mix of yeah you know of uh you know of diversity that you know that helps that's probably the most useful thing you can say isn't it so it's like yeah come along and enjoy yourself Um, and
0: i've i've been to smaller gaming shows with female friends before as well a specific female friend and you know she was not to put too fine a point of it like groped and patronized Oh, repeatedly nice. at that nice. show, which is s- sickening. Like That w- was, again, like a number of years ago now, but still grim. I don't think it really put her onto the idea of going to any more historical no, shows. No, so. no,
1: that's uh, certainly something that... It's uh, time to flip some tables. Um,
0: yeah. And... Yeah. So, not good. I think, even since then, I have seen the makeup of people who are interested in historicals changing because you know even like people like me five ten years ago or well, not even ten but like five plus years ago was just about sort of interested in tanks a yeah. bit like maybe some bolt action and now seeing a lot of my generation sort of being way more interested in history and historicals and I think there's this kind of, like, millennials downwards are ending up in this position in their 30s and 40s where previous generations may have already been, like, really settled into a routine, and, like, lots of us don't own houses yet, aren't, you know, married or settled Mm -hmm. down with partner or partners. So I think the overlap of being, like, a fun, for want of a better word, woke person (laughs) <laughs> but still being interested in historicals i think that pool of people is getting a lot wider yes so, yeah no one is trying to delete the nazis from world war Two. just
1: <laughs> needs to be said <laughs> yes no it's uh yeah i i think it's it's an interesting thing i mean it's probably a, a conversation entirely in itself isn't it so uh well,
0: yeah. I mean, we've already gone forty-five minutes and probably fifteen minutes of this podcast about salute has been about woke war gaming. Yes. <laughs> well,
1: yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, it's difficult because in, you know you can say whenever you talk about historicals, there is a certain way that it's you can, irrelevant. You, well, yeah, it's relevant, and that your way, you're kind of you can imagine things, and it's like obviously some of that is, um, is You know, is yeah. Is true. It's like it's never not going to be true, but it's yeah. How we meaningfully address it as a as a community, and I, I you know, I certainly wouldn't call myself as a primarily historical wargamer, but I'm very historical curious, and uh, yeah, I mean, so, I'd, I'd probably be a lot more historical if I could find any beggar to play with. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, well, you shouldn't live so far away. I know that's the pro- inherent problem of living in the fucking middle of nowhere. So uh, yeah. Um. Anyway, yes. Well probably as you say we've been talking for 45 minutes it was supposed to be a bit of a short one let's not try and do a three-hour pod on our own so i will uh, <laughs> s- salute you rich for coming on to join I. me I. and his... uh, yes well wish you uh yeah wish you all the best you're on to uh warmer fest this weekend aren't you so uh
0: yeah, maybe we'll have a, a pod about, or have a fest as well. We'll see. I might have, my vocal cords might have run out by then. Yeah,
1: there. I was going to say, just uh, you can't just be our reporter on the scene of every Wargaming event.
0: <laughs> I can, and I will.
1: Okay, we're live-streaming it in future, and you can, you can make oh, reaction God. noises to the GW reveals and, and the like.
0: The honest plastic person.
1: The honest plastic, the most honest plastic person. Except if we go historical but, enough, we'll have to rebrand to the... Computer and metal person <laughs> so tiny pewter people tiny pewter oh, people okay. oh yeah we'd have to change you just keep it as an acronym excellent good work yeah super excellent, excellent. well yeah, okay thank you very much and thank you to everyone for joining us um
0: thanks for tuning in
1: rich do you have anything you want to plug instagrams or other podcasts you might be involved in um
0: yeah we'll keep it quick you can find me on twitter at rich nutter I think that's right. Um, I post things there, models and such. Also, listen to other podcasts on the TPP feed, including Three and Two, the Match Play Age of Sigmar podcast that I do with Matthew and Laura. It's good if you like AOS.
1: It's good. I like it. I like learning about AOS, Any... even though I plan to never use the information I gather from it. But it's it's still interesting.
0: Sometimes it's nice to just become an armchair expert in something via the medium of podcasts, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I wouldn't guess this, even imply expert, but y- you make <laughs> words that sound interesting, so that's that's good. Um good. and you can find me at Drew underscore paints on Instagram where I at the moment am posting quite a lot of historical stuff. Um nice. I don't think I have anything else that I need to discuss. Um, no, no, I don't think nope. so. Um if you find have que- com, Yes okay, and
0: there.
1: If you want to contact us, you can contact us at thetinyplasticpeople at gmail.com. Yeah. That is right, isn't it? Yes. Yep, that's yeah. right. Excellent. Okay, well, thank you very much, Rich. Thank you, Drew. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening and uh, say good night. Goodbye. Good night.